I've got a feeling, a feeling deep inside, oh yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. I am 24. This is my podcast, 24's podcast. I couldn't interrupt the Beatles during the first half of I Got a Feeling. I couldn't. Hold on. Hold on. I got to turn them up a little little bit. I've got a feeling. I've got a feeling. I've got, I've, I've got some stuff to talk about. I've got a feeling I've got some. I just, I want to, I want to finish the song. I'll be back in a little bit. Everybody had a good year. Everybody let the hair down. Everybody pulled the socks up. Everybody pulled the pool down. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I just I couldn't I couldn't interrupt them during those specific parts. I don't know why why sometimes I play some of the music that I play when I'm just gonna let it play out. I apologize for that. My name's 24. This is my podcast, 24's podcast. I'm back for kind of an early mid late Tuesday night. Usually I record this at like 10 o'clock. Now it's like at 
seven. I'm very excited to be here with you tonight, ladies and gentlemen. I just got Spider-Man 2. I didn't get it for Christmas. And a relative told me that they were going to get it for me for Christmas. And I'm not really sad about it. I kind of expected it. But I was, I mean, it was fine. It was fine. I was just like, eh, you know, I'll I'll get it myself. That's the cool thing about being an adult. You can buy stuff your, uh, for yourself. Gosh, hold on. Let me, I'm trying to, before I continue, I'm trying to find a calendar for next year. I always get the Disney, the Disney artwork calendars, the Disney Dreams Collection by Thomas Kincaid Studios, the 2024 mini calendar. That's what I want. I want that as like my next calendar, calendar potentially, but the, um, the Green Brothers, I forget, I I think that's what their name is. They had this really, really awesome calendar run where I guess they just made a certain amount of calendars for next year and they were just trying to offload it and they sold out. They sold out of the James Webb telescope calendars and I should have pulled the trigger on it and they have really, really awesome calendars and I really want them and um, they don't have any more and I was very sad. James Webb telescope calendar. I wanted it. I didn't get it. I mean, Amazon has, I guess, I mean, Amazon has one. Hold on. Wait a second. Wait a minute. Okay, we'll roll with this one. I was like, I was sad. I was sad for like half a second, but then I was like, didn't, won't everybody just make a calendar off of this? Then yes. Okay, now I'm not so sad anymore, but I did want to get it from, from the, uh, what is it? from the Green Brothers. Also, while I'm at it, let me cancel my Amazon Prime subscription here. Hold on. Hold on. The reason why I have it is because I uh I wanted it or not I wanted it. I um I used it to get something for Christmas. Hold on, let me cancel that so that way I don't get like charged again. Will I get charged again? I cancel I cancel and then renewal date is today. Hop, hold on. So in membership. It's like I cancel I do this all the time. All the time. Where it's like I'll get I'll get like a promo code. Yeah, I mean the billing date is today. Yeah, there you go. Did I did I do it? cool and then okay it ended today i think right okay cool sorry about that but um i always like get everybody gets promos for amazon because amazon wants you to pay for it and then forget about it and then if you look at your credit card charges you're like oh my gosh like why is this 16 dollar or whatever how much you pay for prime why is it now on my credit card and stuff like that but but um sorry i just had to get that out of the way really really fast but I'm back, and I kind of want to have a quick podcast because I do want to play Spider-Man, and I do want to eat some more food and things of that nature. Man, oh, man. This weekend... Oh, yeah, by the way, before I get started with football. Finally, I I bought The Beatles Get Back, which is their documentary about them recording the album Let It Be, which... 
is this interesting concept of it's supposed to be a live album or part of it is a live album and part of it is. I think I've got a feeling this version of it they played live or part of it they played live and it appeared on the album or parts of it appeared on the album. It's very confusing, but it was a great documentary. It's almost eight hours long and I've been watching it for the last couple of days and I mean, I fell asleep during a couple of it because it's like some parts are three hours long and I'm tired. But it has this really awesome crescendo into the final performance of the Beatles' career, right? The public performance of multiple songs. One of them is I've Got a Feeling and Don't Let Me Down and, ulti- uh, and other renditions of the, um, of the album other parts of it. It's not the full album. It's certain songs on it that they've been practicing for the last month because they made portions of the album, let it be in January of, I think 1970. And their plan was to have like a TV special and all this other stuff. And none of it worked out. And they just said, we're going to record certain tracks or we're going to perform certain tracks on the rooftop of our building. And that's essentially what it's going to be. And that's what it was. And it was awesome. And, uh, I loved it. And a lot of people did as well, but I was watching Get Back, and it was awesome. It was awesome. It crescendoed. It finally climaxed at the um, at the performance where not only do they show the Beatles performing Let It Be, or more specifically parts of Let It Be, but they also showed the public reaction because people, because of course when you're performing on a rooftop of, you know, a office building in London, people are going to stop and like, look around and stare but this is during like the height of the Beatles popularity people were stopping on the street and stuff like that and it was awesome it was great and people were like oh we're excited for the Beatles and we're happy it's just like hey we're we love the Beatles everybody's consensus except for weird people like weird old people and the police because people the police were like we've gotten 30 calls mate in the span of like 30 minutes and da 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 they kept on saying that and they were like it's got to stop it's affecting business it's like, oh my gosh. Can you imagine, like, in the history of existence, your existence, the significance, the relevance of it is that you are literally a party pooper. You're literally a cop trying to stop the final live performance of one of the greatest bands of all time. Like, that's, I don't even know the police officers' names, but, like, that's the relevance and significance of the police officers that were trying to stop the Beatles, that were walking around like donuts on the rooftop. They were like, can we go up to the roof, please, mate? Can we go up to... Oh, my gosh, it was so annoying. But, um, anyways, that's why I played I Got a Feeling, because they literally could not stop playing it, and and Paul's rendition of it on uh, the rooftop was glorious. It was great. I, I loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Anyways, let's get into football here, and hopefully this is like a 20-30 minute conversation podcast, because I want to jet. Uh, To give you context, I didn't watch the games yesterday, because it was, I mean, it was Christmas, and by didn't watch, I mean I did not watch. I watched like the highlights of it, but I did not watch the games themselves. That's not true. I watched parts of it, but I didn't watch the full game. It wasn't like I sat down in my chair, like I always do on Sundays and and Mondays, and I watched football. I'm like, I've watched Thursday night football. I've watched 
Friday or Saturday. I've watched Sunday and I've watched Monday. It's like that's four days. I've watched football for half of the week. And to be honest with you, a lot of it hasn't been very good. Ironically enough, uh, yesterday's games were quite good. They had a lot of polarity to them. And we'll talk about them. Because I talked about, for the most part, most of Sunday's games and Saturday's games. So it's a little bit of rehash in regards to that. That's kind of the problem of having so many podcasts on the weekend whenever I'm covering these games. It's just like, oh, I've already talked about these games. Um, I kind of just want to review some of those games a little bit. Browns versus Texans. I still feel the same way about the Texans. I still feel that they're a playoff team. But the Texans are in a weird spot because they fall into the Browns who are unironically enough one of their conference rivals for a spot in the playoffs I apologize for my remote falling on my hold on sorry about that my remote fell on the ground that was the thud but it fell on my keyboard anyways um I still feel the same way about the Texans I still feel like they can potentially take a couple of games here in the playoffs, in the wild card, and in the divisional round, I have to see C.J. Stroud again. C.J. Stroud is is really the only reason why the Texans are relevant. And granted, they've won one game with Case, but I mean, they, they did not look the same, and they had a bunch of points in garbage time. And there are times where they could have potentially have won the game, but then the game got out of reach at the end. I like the Texans. I like the future of the Texans. I think it looks very bright. Excuse me, but the Texans have to get C.J. Stroud healthy. They got to give him, got to give him an offensive line, and they traded. I don't know. Hold on, let me look at the draft because I think they may be able to get Marvin Harrison Jr., which is kind of a very underrated storyline. Let me just look really fast. So the draft order right now is Bears 1, Cardinals 2, Commanders 3, Patriots 4, Giants 5. Okay, so there's some interesting teams the Texans aren't. They're not here. I thought they would have... Oh, my bad. I thought they traded one of their picks last year to trade up this year, but they also traded back into the first round um, after they drafted... Um, CJ Stroud to then draft Will Anderson. So I'm like, that's why I'm like, why aren't they in the top 10? Sorry about that. But um, I mean, I may talk about the draft here tomorrow because there is some very interesting conversations that can be had about the draft. Like the Bears at one, Cardinals, they're not going away from Kyler Murray. They'll probably draft Marvin Harrison Jr. after trading, ironically enough, a first round draft pick for Hollywood Brown. And it's just like, wow, that was. That trade looks horrendous now, and as it did back then. But the Commanders at three, Patriots four, Giants five. Like there's some very Chargers at six. They're they're not going off of. They're not going to get a wide receiver because they already have one or a quarterback. So they're in an interesting spot. <clears throat> Tennessee at the seventh spot is interesting as well. I mean, Chicago has two of the top ten picks, so that's kind of an interesting conversation to have. Jets at nine, Atlanta at ten. Long story short is that there's some interesting teams that have a need at quarterback, but um, but um, we'll talk about that tomorrow. I'm super juiced up about it. I'm super jazzed for it. But the Texans, I think, 
I think the Texans are a good enough team right now because of C.J. Stroud and some components on offense that um, that they can take a game in the playoffs and in the divisional round. Let me look at the standings really fast. I mean, I think they can beat the Browns with C.J. I think they can beat anyone in the AFC South, even though they lost to Jacksonville twice and they're a little bit behind the Colts right now in the standings. But I think they can take anyone in the AFC South um, and maybe the Bills. I think I think they have a shot. I think they do. If they were to go up, if they were to play in the divisional round, they would probably go up against. I don't know. Maybe the Chiefs. Mm, that may be tough. Chiefs or the Dolphins. That may be a little bit tough. That's tough. But I still think that they're a really, really interesting team. Really, really great team too. But I don't know. We'll see what happens. I don't know why. I just screenshotted something on accident. I um what was it? I was watching the trailer for the new Amazon TV show about the World Cup with all the World Cup players and for some weird reason I guess I took a screenshot, I don't know. I'm exhausted. Okay, let me go back to the games really fast. Texans at Brown, super interesting result, super important result. We'll talk about the Cowboys and the Niners and all that good stuff. Um I saw the end of the of the Packers and the Panthers game. Bryce Young is a very interesting figure. So, the Panthers don't have their first-round draft pick, which kind of sucks because they would run to the podium to get either an offensive tackle or Marvin Harrison Jr. because, my God, their offensive line sucks and they have no weapons. But Bryce has had a bad first year as a... Carolina Panther you can't deny that he's had a bad year because it's like he has 11 touchdowns nine interceptions 2600 yards he's had a bad year but these last two games against the Packers and the Falcons it seems like he's figured some stuff out it seems like he's started to trust himself more and he started to make better decisions inside the pocket and outside the pocket it seems as if his confidence is up I mean, he had 312 yards, two touchdowns, 63% completion percentage against the Packers with a interim head coach, a bad offensive line, bad receivers. A lot of that was to DJ Chark. But when in, they lost the game 33-30 to on really what was a awesome drive with like 17, 18 seconds left. They had, I think, one timeout or something like that. And Bryce completes like a 30, 40-yard pass on like first or second down. It was early on in the drive. He completes a really, really awesome pass a deep crosser to DJ Chark for like 30 40 yards and then he completes a pass over the middle to Adam Thielen they run out of time and people would make the mistake of saying like oh well Bryce you know didn't have good clock management or da 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 and it's just like what do you want Bryce Young to do in that situation where he needs an additional like 10 to 20 yards really 20 yards, I don't know the kicker for the Panthers, but he needs like 20 yards to essentially get into field goal range, and he's got like seven, eight seconds left. Like, what do you want him to do, you know? it's got, It was going to be tight, it was going to be close, and they tried, and they got almost got it off, but, you know, they didn't, obviously, and they lost the game, and it happens. But with the horrendous, horrendous wide receiving core, the lack of a running game, the lack of an offensive line, the lack of a coaching staff for Bryce to go down the field and almost win the game is a bit insane, to be honest with you. It's a bit insane. Sorry, not sorry. Good job by Bryce. He's had a terrible rookie year, 
But um, I don't think it's his fault. I think everything around him sucks, and uh, that's that's kind of the way it is. What's going to be interesting though next season is the how the how the Panthers bounce back. Who do they get? I've been quietly but also loudly pounding the table for Eric Bieniemy and Will McClay. I think those two guys are especially Will McClay. Will McClay is the Dallas Cowboys kind of like head of the draft. Like he's kind of the guy that does a lot of the the, uh, the scouting and makes a lot of decisions. A lot of people think that it's Jerry. It's not. It's Will McClay. He's been there for over 10 years. And he's a really, really smart guy who knows a lot about the draft and is one of the reasons why I think Dallas has gotten so many players through the draft. They've gotten, like, think of any Dallas Cowboy. Dak Prescott, CeeDee Lamb, Zach Martin, Tyron Smith, Demarcus Lawrence, Micah Parsons, Trevon Diggs, and Deron Bland. They're all drafted. They're all drafted by the Cowboys. Other players like Malik Hooker and Stephon Gilmore, those players aren't drafted by the Cowboys. But they're acquired by them in free agency. And maybe you could say that Will McClay was a part of that. Maybe you could say that it was Jerry. I think, like, Jerry doesn't watch tape. He doesn't grind tape the way that GMs are supposed to grind tape, which is one of the reasons why Dallas is at an inherent disadvantage by having him at GM and not an actual GM. But Dallas has probably one of the best GMs in the NFL, or not GMs, but um, guys that scout in the NFL in Will McClay. And I'm kind of shocked that nobody has taken a swing on him yet and tried to pry him loose from the Cowboys to be honest with you. I'm a bit shocked by it because all he does is get like top tier, potentially Hall of Fame players over and over and over again. Like every couple of years, it's a bit insane. It's like he drafted Ezekiel Elliott, Travis Frederick, Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, Des Bryant, CeeDee Lamb, Micah Parsons, Trevon Diggs, like on it, Deron Bland, like on and on and on. Jake Ferguson, Osa Digizuwa, who's like one of the best defensive tackles in the NFL, over and over and over again. I just, I don't understand it. Panthers should probably take a look. Apparently, they may also take a look at Bill Belichick if and when he gets fired this season. I don't know. You know, you want to know what's interesting about the Patriots? They beat, who did they beat? I forgot. I think they beat the Broncos, right? I don't really care. I, I, I said I wasn't going to watch the game. I didn't watch that game. But um, the interesting thing about Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots is that apparently, not even apparently, but from the interesting thing about the Patriots, let me start over again, is that as much as there have been reports on Bill Belichick's going to be fired at the end of this season, there hasn't been any reports refuting those claims, which kind of makes me believe that the claims are true. And that's what I thought was interesting about the New England Patriots. I don't know, like, I don't know why it took me so long to say that, but it is what it is. Going back to what I was saying earlier here about some of the games that happened. Bryce Young in Carolina had a really awesome game. Tampa beat the shit out of the Jags, 30-12. to Trevor Lawrence, yikes. Uh, and he's up for a contract, I think, this year, right? Two years, yeah, he's in his third year. Two years with Doug, one with Urban, if you can count that as one. What's going to be interesting, I think, is Dak Prescott's about to reset the market, and he deserves it. I mean, he's played awesome this year. He's an MVP finalist, MVP candidate. He's not going to win it because he sh- he should have won these last two games and performed better in these last two games. He he easily could have won last night or not last night, but what was it? Uh, what was it? The Dolphins game should have won that game, but 
it, I mean, it is what it is. I'll talk about it. But Lamar coming on, beating San Francisco and San Francisco, I think probably seals it for him is that he probably wins it. I mean, who do the Ravens face off against? Unless Lamar just looks abominable. I mean, he goes up against the Dolphins and the Steelers. Granted, he's lost to the Steelers already. But if Lamar Jackson just looks abominable against those two teams, I I think he's got it. But I think it's still Dak Prescott. I think he should win it. But we'll talk about it here in a couple of minutes. Anything else before I kind of get into the games? I'm going quick here because I'm hungry and I want to play Spider-Man. I don't think so. I don't think there's really anything else I have to talk about. Let's talk about some of the games. Let's talk about Cowboys, Dolphins, Patriots, at Broncos, Raiders, Chiefs, Giants, Eagles, Ravens, and Niners. Let's start off with the Cowboys versus the Dolphins, and I'll make it quick. So, Cowboys lose once again to the Dolphins in a very close nail-biter, 22-20. Dallas's defense could not stop Tua and the Dolphins at the end of the drive after Dallas's offense goes on. And has a really, really nice... Nice game-ending drive, score a touchdown. Dallas's fans in Miami go wild, and then the defense promptly lets them down. Dallas should have won this game very handedly and easy if Hunter Lipke had not fumbled the football at the one-yard line. It just comes as simply uh, close to that. I don't know what they were doing for two quarters, especially in the second quarter. CeeDee Lamb didn't even get a target after he essentially just did everything in the first quarter. Dallas's offense looked fantastic in the first quarter, and then it just didn't. And then it looked awesome again in the fourth quarter. I think Dallas is still a major threat even after dropping two games, which they, excuse me, shouldn't have. They shouldn't have played as terrible as they did against the Bills, and they definitely shouldn't have lost on Sunday. But Dallas is such an intriguing team. It feels as in Micah's right in the sense of, and he said this last week, Micah Parsons is right in the sense of, Dallas gets an incredible amount of attention and an incredible amount of negative attention as well. And it kind of muddies the situation because a lot of people think that Dallas is like fraudulent. And it's like Dallas is one of the best teams in the NFL right now, like they are. And they've gone up against some of the best competition in the last couple of weeks. If everybody is so juiced up about the Bills and the Cowboys wet the bet against the Bills, it doesn't mean that the Cowboys are a bad team. It just means that the quote-unquote Bills are such a good team if people believe that the Bills are a good team. I don't believe that the Bills are a good team. I think that Dallas just had a bad day. I think Dallas should have won based off of one very large mistake, but simple mistake. It's like, uh, maybe don't give uh, the football to Hunter Lipke on the one-yard line. Lesson learned. But for the most part, against a pretty decent secondary, even though Xavier Howard hasn't been playing like it, and especially Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill didn't just absolutely murder the Cowboys. He had nine receptions for 99 yards. So yes, he had like he had a really good game against the Cowboys, but it wasn't like, oh my God, he absolutely he's popped off for like 150 yards. This game is now away from Dallas. Dallas could have won and probably should have won this game. And that's kind of what what was surprising. The defense kind of held out for the majority of the game, having like a bajillion, a bajillion freaking kicks. But uh, it would just, it wasn't good enough. It wasn't good enough. It happens. Miami is an interesting team because they can challenge Lamar and the Baltimore Ravens for the one seed. It's going to be an interesting game this Sunday, but I think Dallas dropped, kind of dropped the ball in the game and Miami kind of capitalized. 
It felt like a playoff game. It really did. Out of a lot of these games, it was probably the Cowboys game, the Giants-Eagles game, felt like a real playoff game where it was both quarterbacks made very little mistakes. Both quarterbacks were trying to give their offense chances. Dak got sacked a bajillion times. I have never seen a left tackle as bad as I saw, whatever his name, 71, for the Cowboys. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he got cut yesterday. Oh, no, it's Christmas. Cut today. Yesterday was Christmas. But, um, man, he was so fucking bad. Missed assignments consistently. They left Bradley Chubb unblocked so many times. I don't think it was a part of Dallas's scheme. I literally think that it was because the left tackle just had no idea what he was doing. And it was very Chaz Green-esque. Chaz Green was an offensive lineman for Dallas like six years ago after Tyron Smith gets hurt. Tyron Smith wasn't in the game for some weird reason. I don't know why he was Let me Google why he wasn't. It was it was like no news. It was like they were talking about how Dallas couldn't win on the road or da-da-da-da-da. I just don't understand it. Hold on. Let me see. Yeah, like, apparently Tyron Smith has something wrong with his back. And he did not, like, participate or something like that. And so they just... And so Tyron Smith apparently had a back issue that had kind of, like, flared up or something like that last week, and that's why he didn't play, and they felt it. They they 1,000% felt it. And, um, yeah, it is what it is. I think Dallas will be fine. I've been saying that for weeks. I think the interesting thing, right, about Dallas is going to be their matchups this year in the playoffs because I think Dallas will either be the two-seater or the five-seat, depending on if the Eagles drop the ball in the next couple of weeks, which, who are they playing up against? They go up against the Cardinals and the Giants. They have to lose, I think, two games. Two games for Dallas to essentially win out. But um, for Dallas to be the one seed. Or they have to lose one. I forgot what it was. But the interesting thing about the Eagles, or not the Eagles, but the Cowboys, is that they still have a shot at the uh, at the one seed in their division. Probably not the one seed in their conference. But Dallas, as a football team is really interesting when it comes to the standings because they could get in the they could either get the Eagles they could they could have a really really easy time in the playoffs right if they're the 2 seed because they completely avoid the Eagles and the Niners or they could go up against Tampa Bay or Atlanta or whomever will be the 4th seed in the NFC South and then they go down there and they beat the crap out of them and then they go up to San Francisco like, that could be a possibility for Dallas. Or if the Lions somehow lose to, like, the Vikings, which, I mean, they almost lost to a couple of weeks ago, or it's, like, the Rams or something like that. I don't know. But the playoffs for the NFC is so interesting because whoever is, like, that second seed is going to be so interesting because they won't have to go up against the fifth seed. They won't have to go up against Dallas or the Eagles. So, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But Dallas, I think, is fine. Dallas Dallas is a 10-win team. They're going to the playoffs, and they're going to win multiple playoff games, potentially. 
We'll see what happens. Cardinals at Bears. I don't really care about the results. The Cardinals lost and dropped another game. Kyler had a nice game. Justin had a nice game as well. I don't think anybody cares about these two teams. Patriots at Broncos. Patriots won. I was not super juiced up about the whole Sean Payton thing, about how Sean Payton had won a couple of games in the last couple of weeks with Denver. Denver is a weird and flawed team where they have really, really awesome talent. They have really, really awesome players. They have a Hall of Fame coach, and they just aren't able to put it together. And the Patriots won their fourth game with Bailey Zappi. I think the Patriots are looking to move off of Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones, and they're probably going to get another quarterback here within the next couple of months to years because, and they should look to get another quarterback in the next couple of months. They should look to get whether it's Caleb Williams or Michael Penix Jr. or Drake May. I'm not huge on Jaden Daniels, but sure, fine. We can include Jaden Daniels in that conversation as well. But yeah, the Patriots, they're up Shits Creek without a paddle. The Broncos, they had playoff hopes. They're a little bit dashed now because they're 7-8. and eight. They let up like three touchdowns almost in the fourth quarter or in the third quarter. It's kind of insane how... Uh, how many points they gave up there, but Patriots beat the Broncos, weird game, weird game, I thought the Broncos were going to win, especially at home, Raiders at Chiefs though, yikes, 20-14, to Chiefs, I, I don't know what to say, man, I, I don't know what to say, it's bad, it's really, really bad, I don't think you can tell me for example, by the way, Patrick Mahomes was the leading rusher on the Chiefs. Their their running game is very weird. But um, you can't tell me that Patrick Mahomes doesn't have any targets, any weapons. Travis Kelsey was Travis Kelsey. He was a safety net. Rasheed Rice is kind of like his number one guy in Richie James. None of the guys that I thought would come through for Patrick are coming through. Justin Ross isn't coming through. Uh, Kadarius Tony obviously hasn't come through or Sky Moore as well. Like two guys that I was like super high on. They just didn't produce anything for the Chiefs. Chiefs are up a creek without a paddle. The whole like Tyreek Hill thing is missed is evident. It's very evident. Mahomes, one touchdown, one interception, 27 of 44, three, not three, but 235 yards. Yikes. And a, and a fat L man, huge L for the Chiefs, it was bad, it was a really, really bad performance by the Chiefs, Chiefs are going to make it to the playoffs, they're 9-6, and six. they are two games up against the Raiders, so it's just like, I mean, the Raiders are the closest team, by the way, Chargers are irrelevant, Broncos are 7-8 and eight as well, but Chiefs, ah, man, it burns to see the Chiefs kind of like burn out like this, it really does, they're kind of irrelevant, Like, they're a playoff team, obviously. It's not that they aren't a playoff team. It's just they aren't going to be a good playoff team this year. And that's no more evident than than the final score against the Raiders, where it was 20-14. to And the Raiders, I mean, they're on their backup head coach. They're on their interim. Interesting little tidbit of information about Antonio Pierce, the new interim head coach, right? So, sometimes people make mistakes. And then they overcorrect when they get another chance to fix that mistake, right? So, owner of the Raiders could have hired Rich Bisaccia as the head coach of the Raiders a couple of years ago. When John Gruden gets fired midway through the season, 
and he promotes Rich Bisacci, the special teams coach at the time, to be the head coach. And the mistake that he made was not having Rich Bisaccia be the head coach permanently, right? Instead, he goes out and he hires Josh McDaniels. A little bit of context. Rich Bisaccia gets the Raiders to the playoffs after, in my opinion, in a situation in which he had no business being in the playoffs and almost beats the Bengals who went to the Super Bowl that year in Cincinnati. So to me, that's that's a stacked resume. He should have hired Rich Bisaccia. Instead, he goes Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels barely lasts two years. He then sees Antonio Pierce beating Kansas City in Kansas City, I might add, and he may pull the trigger on Antonio Pierce. I don't know who Antonio Pierce is. I don't know what he's all about. I don't know how good of a coach he is. Some people are going to tell me, well, take him take him at what he's done this season. And I'm like, well, new head coaches, new schemes, all this stuff, he could have caught people off by surprise. I don't know what the full package of Antonio Pierce is. But maybe the owner... I forgot his name. I don't really care about the owner of the Raiders. They're all bad. But maybe he'll say, like, look, I made a mistake. I should have hired Rich Versace. I'm not going to make that mistake again. And he hires Antonio Pierce. And it's just like, eh, maybe look around. Maybe look around a little bit before. Especially if you don't know who he is. Because I don't know who he is. As a head coach. Then on top of that, if you're the Raiders, right? You need a new quarterback. I don't know who their quarterback is. It's Aiden O'Connell. That now I remember. Let me look at the draft. Where are the Raiders drafting? I think they still have their first rounder. Or did they trade it to Green Bay? The Raiders. Oh, no, they do. It's just they're not in the top 10. Right? Yeah, they're 13th. They're 13th. I, if I'm the Raiders this offseason, I'm moving off of. I'm going to. If I'm the Raiders, I'm going to package some. I'm going to keep Devontae Adams. And I'm packaging this year's first and some other stuff and maybe Josh Jacobs or something like that. I'm going to try and sign Josh Jacobs to a long-term deal. And I'm going after a young quarterback. I'm going after Caleb Williams or Michael Penix Jr. That's the plan for me if I'm the Raiders. But we'll see what happens. I mean, they're in a really interesting position. They have a really, really nice package to offer the Bears. But... If I'm the Raiders, it like the, the time is now. You have a reset. You can reset and move off of Aiden O'Connell, and also move. You moved off correctly of Josh McDaniels, and I would, I I would try and get Caleb Williams or Michael Penix Jr. or somebody to help you out. It's like they've been trying to put up this huge product for Vegas. This awesome product. Hey, we gotta awesome football team and we got all these awesome players we were going to have Antonio Brown whoops we don't now have it anymore we're going to build this awesome stadium it doesn't feel like the Raiders are embedded into Las Vegas yet and getting some player to cause some excitement the Heisman last season one of the best players in college football one of the best college football players I've ever seen getting him to Vegas you couldn't ask for more for your team and for the fans that are going to show up for the games and actually cause some doggone excitement for your god-awful football team or your franchise. Maybe not football team, but franchise that has absolutely botched, at least in my opinion, the move to Vegas and the and the move from Oakland. I mean, Vegas just doesn't have anything going for it right now when it comes to football teams. And so they'll kind of take anybody. 
Like, they don't have... Ironically enough, it's like a lot of sports teams and a lot of leagues are trying to figure out how to get themselves into Vegas. Like, basketball, the NBA is like, we want Vegas to be our next basketball town. Hockey has the uh, the Knights, the Golden Knights, right? That's what they're called. And baseball is moving the A's, the Oakland A's, it's reported. that They're moving the A's to Vegas. So a lot of these teams are trying to figure out how to move to Vegas and get something in Vegas to have a foothold there. But the Raiders have kind of botched it, at least in my opinion. Caleb Williams needs to be a Las Vegas Raider or Michael Penix Jr. or somebody to freaking throw the football to Devontae Adams. Jesus Christ. But Raiders are interesting. And, I mean, the Chiefs are susceptible. The Chiefs, they don't have a top-tier guy, and they're going to be looking for one. They're going to be looking for a number one wide receiver if they're smart. If they're dumb, they're going to do what they've done for the last couple of years and be like, eh, we don't really need one. We're just going to kind of roll with who we got. If they're smart, they're going to try and find maybe not another Tyreek Hill, but another number one wideout. If they're, and maybe T. Higgins is kind of that guy, right? The Cincinnati wide receiver who's on a contract year, and Cincinnati swing and a miss. They were like, we're not going to trade him. We're going to try and make a playoff push with him and Joe Burrow and Joe's hurt and Bengals just didn't play very well this year. So now he's probably going to be tagged or he should be tagged. So that way he can be traded. So that way they can get something back for him. But the Chiefs should be interested in T. Higgins. Raiders should be interested in Caleb Williams. So anyways, Giants had Eagles. Giants. I said wishfully, I was like, I hope that the Giants win. And they almost did with Tyrod Taylor and Tommy DeVito and Jalen Hurts was, I mean, Jalen Hurts clutched it out and closed it out 25 to 33. But like I've been saying for the last month and a half, the Eagles are very, very suspect and they can, they can be beaten. They can be. They almost lost to the third string backup quarterback in Tyrod Taylor on Sunday or Monday, technically. And so it's not that big of a surprise if another team goes out and beats them. But I don't really have that much to say about the Eagles that I haven't already said multiple times throughout the year. The Eagles are a very much overrated football team. I'm a bit shocked that people think that they aren't. And um, they have the one seed in their division. So they get to more likely than not escape the 49ers until the championship round. But Eagles beating the Giants is, I mean, it keeps them out of uh, the 49ers, to be honest with you. And it puts Dallas in a really bad spot. So got to give your, got to give a tip of the cap to the Eagles. But at the exact same time, I'm like, eh, that wasn't a good win for them. It didn't look good overall for me. Ravens at Niners. Man, I thought the Niners were going to stomp the yard with the Baltimore Ravens, but nope, it's the other way around. Um, Brock Purdy got exposed. Ravens were leading for the majority of the game, except in the first quarter when Lamar tripped over a fucking referee and, um, and lost the game. Can I ask a question about the Niners, right? I mean, the Cowboys game against the Bills was bad. It was a bad game. Do you chalk this game up to it's a bad game by the Niners? I think so, but it feels potentially like it's more. I mean, in it, I, I, I don't know. But it's like when I watched the Niners game, Christian McCaffrey did everything right 
14 carries, 103 yards, one touchdown. But then you like look at Brock Purdy, and if you just read the box score, this is kind of like a trap, right? You look at the box score, you're like four interceptions. You're like, wow, he played like garbage. But then you watch the game, and you're like two, maybe three of those interceptions were just weird plays. Like one one ball was just batted up into the air. Like two two of them were just balls that got batted up in the in the air that fell Baltimore's way. And then another two, really another one, was like just a really bad read on Brock's part. But the Niners collapse against the Ravens. I don't think the Ravens are anywhere in the ballpark of the Niners. And it's just like they lose that badly and Brock looks that bad is kind of a stunner to me. And their defense gives up a lot of points, gave up 13 points. It's it's weird. I think they had a bad game, but there may be something more. They don't, they being the Niners, they don't really have a lot of time to kind of like readjust here. I mean, technically speaking, they do. I was about to say, I thought they played up against the Rams this weekend. They don't. They play up against them in two weeks. But they play up against the Commanders. I think the Commanders are easy work. I think the Commanders are done. Sam Howell isn't very good. But the Rams game in San Francisco, now that's an interesting game. That's the game that really everybody should be looking at and watching because that may decide the one seed for the conference. Eagles and I think the 49ers are tied right now for the one seed. Yep, both teams are 11-4. and four. And right now it's like Eagles, they have a pretty clear path to the playoffs. Arizona this weekend and then the Giants in two weeks. They don't have to go up against Dallas again. And it's like, if you lose up against the Rams, it's like, guess what? Eagles get the bye week. You're the two seed. Now, if you're the 49ers, Dallas loves that. They're like, we love the the Eagles. We love going up against the Eagles. But we'll see what happens there. But the 49ers losing it, losing on uh, on Monday night, not very good. But it's probably a bad game. Talk to me. Talk to me if they have another bad game like that this weekend against the Commanders. If they do, that's a problem. If they don't, then it's not that really that big of a deal. Ravens, though, beating the Niners is significant. Lamar probably just clutched out the second, uh, his second MVP this season as I think the Ravens, it should be two teams. It should be the Ravens are favored to win the AFC or the Dolphins are favored to win the AFC. I don't think the Bills or the Chiefs or any other team for that matter is anywhere in the ballpark against the Dolphins and the Baltimore Ravens when it comes to weapons, when it comes to how complete those two teams are, when it comes to the uh, the play of their quarterbacks. I just don't think anyone in the AFC can challenge Baltimore versus the uh, the Dolphins. So I think those two teams, out of those two teams, one of them will represent the AFC out of the Cowboys, Niners, and then Eagles, one of those three teams will represent the NFC. Uh, It didn't look very good for the Niners, but the Niners are still one of the better teams in the NFL. So, we'll see what happens. Anyways, I'm peacing out. I want to play Spider-Man and eat some food. I'll see you tomorrow, 24th Podcast.